for this introduction and it's such a joy and an honor to be here with you. Um, yeah, I teach at the university, even foreign students, but this is completely different. I have never done it before, preaching in English. So yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm very excited, but ho hopefully it will not be a, an, an obstacle uh, in the way of the message. So uh, the passage today is from the book of Acts chapter 27 and uh, verse 27 through 44. So I think you will be able to follow it on the screen. Yeah, so I'm starting reading from uh, verse number 27. Now, when the 14th night had, had come, as we were driven up and down in the Adriatic Sea, about midnight, the sailors sensed that they were drawing near some land. And they took soundings and found it to be 20 fathoms. And when they had gone a little further, they took soundings again and found it to be 15 fathoms. Then, fearing lest we should run aground on the rocks, they dropped four anchors from the stern and prayed for day to come. And as the sailors were seeking to escape from the ship, when they had let down the skiff into the sea, under pretense of putting out anchors from the prow, Paul said to the centurion and the soldiers, unless these men stay in the ship, you cannot be saved. Then the soldiers cut away the ropes of the skiff and let it fall off. And as day was about to dawn, Paul implored them all to take food, saying, Today is the fourteenth day you have waited and continued without food and eaten nothing. Therefore, I urge you to take nourishment, for this is for your survival, since not a hair will fall from the head of any of you. And when he had said these things, he took bread and gave thanks to God in the presence of them all. And when he had broken it, he began to eat. Then they were all encouraged and also took food themselves. And in all we were 276 persons on the ship. So when they had eaten enough, they lightened the ship and threw out the wheat into the sea. When it was day, they did not recognize the land, but they observed a bay with a beach onto which they planned to run the ship if possible. And they let go the anchors and left them in the sea, meanwhile losing the rudder ropes, and they hoisted the mainsail to the wind and made for shore. But striking a place where two seas met, they ran the ship aground and the prow stuck fast and remained immovable, but the stern was be being broken up by the violence of the waves. And the soldiers' plan, soldiers' plan was to kill the prisoners, lest any of them should swim away and escape. But the centurion, wanting to save Paul, kept them from their purpose and commanded that those who could swim should jump overboard first and get to land, and the rest 
some on boards and some on parts of the ship. ship. And so it was that they all escaped safely to land. So uh, today's Bible passage takes place immediately after Paul gives a speech of faith, which I believe you heard about uh, last week, in those in the boat. The promise was, there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. They are in trouble, and nothing has been going according to plan in the past few days or weeks. Even though God warned them, though, uh, through the Apostle Paul, uh, this is in verse number 10, when Paul says, Man, I perceive that this voyage will end with disaster and much loss, not only of the cargo and ship, but also our lives. So Paul warned him, or God warned, warned them through Paul, but they didn't listen to him. And yet God gives them a second chance here in this passage. So God's promise has been made, but nothing visible has happened yet. This is a very weird situation. The, the, the promise has already been made, but nothing visible has happened. And the situation is critical. The people are exhausted, hungry, and weak. So this is, this is the situation, not a good one. And then some of them are looking for their own solution. They are trying to flee in lifeboats from the ship. But this was not God's will, because he promised to save everyone, not just some of them, but everyone. So, uh, and without the boatman, the passengers would have perished. So the captain and the soldiers actually show a great faith when they cut the lifeboats' uh, ropes, and in doing so, they rule out any further human solutions to the problem. From that point on, they rely only on God's promise. Um, then they sit down to eat, and uh, Paul again encourages them by saying that not a hair will fall from the head of any of you. <clears throat> In this situation, eating, relaxing for a little bit, uh, they gain physical and spiritual strength before the last great trial that is before them. And in the next morning, in very tough circumstances, everyone is rescued and God's promise is fulfilled. So I think it is really wonderful to see God fulfilling his promise. Uh, through Paul, he reveals his will to all in advance, and it will indeed be as he has promised. In the end, his will is fulfilled. But this story is really not a simple matter. So it's not just God makes a promise and then comes the solution immediately. Uh, it's not a simple matter because the characters in this story 
are human beings, flesh and blood. And it's never simple when people are involved, when us people are involved in tough situations. <clears throat> Fear, we have fears, worries, we make sudden decisions, we make uh, mistakes, we have emotions. And those people on the boat are just like us here and now. Uh, simple flesh and, uh, flesh and blood human beings. Perhaps this is the greatest message of today's passage from the Bible, that despite our human imperfections and mistakes and stumbles, God's will is done, no matter what. So let us see some points that God words, God's word teaches us today. If you can put the slideshow on the screen, thank you very much. First one. God always fulfills his plans, whatever the circumstances, no matter what happens. There are some questions, though, which we cannot answer, or at least I cannot answer. For example, why was the ship lost? I don't know whether you already thought about it or not. Couldn't it have been saved, for example, with all the people? I'm not sure if we can answer this question today. I'm not going to answer it because I cannot. But this is not the main question. Uh, there are a lot of things that we do not understand in life. And when God works, um, usually we cannot understand a lot of aspects of it. But one thing is sure that he is with us every minute. <clears throat> so we, we usually don't imagine the way things are going like God does. But in the end, his will is going to prevail despite our circumstances. And putting our faith in God means we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. Uh, this is a quotation for, from the second letter to Corinthians by Paul. We do not let look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. If we, are, we have faith in God, then we have vision to invisible things. And this is what will encourage our faith more. And in this passage, although the initial situation was given and the promise was given, there was a, a bumpy road between the two, the promise and the solution, but the road was bumpy, it was tough. And uh, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came to earth to be a part of our lives and the world that we live in. God does not just look down from heaven to us, but he is part of our lives. God is part of our lives glorifying himself in our everyday circumstances. It's, it's not a separate thing. He came into this world and he came to our lives. And he, he lives along with our problems, with our everyday circumstances. Sometimes we do not understand why he allows things that we do not like, but 
we will understand everything in heaven, but there is one thing for sure, that he is with us every day and never leaves us. The second message, <clears throat> God is merciful and he gives second chances. In verse number 11, uh, we read that the centurion was more persuaded by the helmsman and the owner of the ship than by the things spoken by Paul. Yet, God does not punish the captain for his unbelief, but gives him a second chance and proves to him that he is God. There is no punishment. There is a second chance instead for the centurion. And I can ask the question, do you have an area, area of your life where you no longer believe there is a second chance for you? Or is there someone in your life who you think doesn't get any more chances or doesn't deserve any more chances? In these cases, you are wrong because with God, there is an opportunity for a fresh start and for a second chance as long as we live. Third one, God does not carry out his plans immediately. Um, as I already said, no miracle happens immediately after Paul speaks the words of God. Apparently, nothing has changed after that. The land does not suddenly appear for them to reach safety but they face serious trials through which they will be saved. This is again a secret of God, why he decides it to be this way, we do not understand, but this is what happens towards salvation. There is a bumpy road, there are obstacles, there are trials that we have to pass. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> and people on that ship must be patient, persevere, and wait for God's promise to be fulfilled. This is very hard. And again, I can ask the question, is there something you have been waiting for a long time and are beginning to lo lose faith in? Is there something today? Give thanks to God for keeping everything under his control. No matter the circumstances, even if you do not see the salvation yet, Give thanks to God for keeping everything under control and give thanks also to God in advance that his will will be done, no matter what you see now. <clears throat> Number four, God uses people to accomplish his plans. Like, I don't know percentage, of course, but almost... Almost every time, God uses people to accomplish his plans. For example, Paul says, when the shipmen trying to cut the, cut the ropes, that unless these men stay in the ship, you cannot be saved. So we, we, we need these people so that everyone can be saved. Otherwise, the, the ship cannot be controlled. Again, this, there, is a, there is an interesting question that... I am not going to answer. This is a secret as well. Uh, if God gave a promise, why Paul says that we need these people to, to accomplish this plan? 
I don't know, but I think this is not the question that we should ask. I'm just, uh, maybe there are smarter, smarter people here than me that can answer this. The point is that God uses these people, uses Paul and uses the, the, the staff on the ship to accomplish his plans. And it's a very interesting thing because from one point of view, we can, we can do nothing without God. I think those who, who serve actively somewhere, everyone can agree with me that we can do nothing without God, but he can do anything with, without us, with or without us, because, yeah, he can do anything. Yet, he has chosen to use us in fulfilling his plans. It's a miracle, it's a secret of God. And this is a very great honor for us and a, an opportunity to be in a relationship with God. I think this may be the, the goal of all this, to deepen the relationship between us and God. <clears throat> and uh, as John already emphasized the significance of the church family, this is what I would like to see uh, say as well, that the community of the church is a great gift to us. God uses our brothers and sisters most often to build us up, to encourage us through them. Is that right? I, I, I received a lot of great gifts through the, the church family from God. Usually this is how it works. So we should be really thankful for the church that we are in. Number five. The faith of even one person can start a domino effect. Uh, if you think about it, only one in 276 people had faith, and that was Paul. And through the faith of that one person, God saved everyone on that ship. So this is the nature of faith. It's, it's like contagious in a good way. Uh, Paul, who understood and knew God's will and made a testimony about it, this is important as well, he didn't just knew it, but he also told it to the others. Um, then the centurion also gained faith, and then the centurion influenced everyone else because of his rank on that ship. And through this structure, uh, everyone was saved on the ship. And this way, it became a reality for the centurion that faith comes by hearing. We read it in the uh, Paul's letter to the Romans. Faith comes by hearing. Paul said God's word, words, the words of faith, and then the centurion gained faith through it. Number six. This is the, yeah, and only, only one after this one. Uh, God's plans are accomplished through faith, patience, and obedience. This is, this is a truth that we can learn from today's passage. Um, it's not enough to know God's will. We have to do it. We have to obey to God. And 
if you read the Bible, you know that uh, God, the Bible talks a lot about perseverance and obedience. And when God tests our faith, uh, then he is curious about our obedience and perseverance. And let's be honest, we do not like these times, these periods of life. We, we hate these periods of life because it's very hard. It's tough. I, I have never met anyone who said, I'm so looking forward to, to my faith being tested <laughs> by an illness, by losing my job, by being kicked out from an exam or whatever. These are not situations that we like. But uh, sometimes this is the way uh, of, of reaching God's will. We don't know why, but we, we know from the Bible that usually this is how it works. Uh, it's, not, it's not a simple matter. But looking back to these periods, it's completely different, I think. So being in these, these times, it's, it's very hard, and we do not like it. We hate it. But looking back, we usually remember it by uh, deepening our connection to God, learning something new from God that we will never forget because we experienced it on our, uh, in our bones, in our skins. And that is, that is a lifetime experience. So afterwards, looking back, and we are grateful to God. Yeah, this is, this is how God works. And number seven, and this is the last one that I brought to you today. God always has a plan even if you don't know it. Um, this is not uh, strictly related to this passage, but I wanted to mention it because there are times when we do not know what God wants, really. And these are also very hard times because uh, we may also want to be obedient and we, we, want, to, we want to do what God God wants us to do. I was in such situations when I told God, God, please tell me your will, and I will do it, just please tell me. And he wanted me, me to wait for like one year long. And this was very hard, but I learned something, that he has a plan, even if I don't know about it yet. And uh, the reasons for this can vary. So maybe we do not hear his word because we are obsessed with everyone, everything else in life, or we do not understand it yet, or, uh, or God has not yet really re revealed it to us because he wants to do it later for a good reason. Uh, and in, in such times of long waiting, we, are, we may be tempted to resort to human solutions, fast solutions, uh, logical solutions, which seemed logical, and we can do it. Why not do it? We can solve the problem. It's a, it's a very hard temptation. Maybe because we are running out of patience. Maybe because we are under time pressure. Maybe we are under pressure from our, uh, by, by our circumstances or people around us. 
there can be a number of reasons. Uh, and so these are very difficult times, but let us avoid our own humanly devised solutions. This is not God's way to do it. Uh, one practical thing that I learned from, uh, from, from people who I uh, look up to is that the best thing in these situations is to do what he has called us to do last time and not make any major decisions uh, until God says otherwise. So stay calm, be patient, stay active in the last thing that you understood and wait for God's word. It will come. And let it be an encouragement that even this, in these uncertain and difficult times, we can be encouraged by the fact that he always has a plan, even if we don't know it yet. So... Uh, if you don't know his plans, then think about he having a plan, and that will encourage you, because the 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 events in your life are not random; those are not uncontrolled; they are controlled by God. Just you don't know it yet. But I think this is still an encouragement if we have faith in God. So. I wish for you to be persevering, to trust in God, and to be people of faith, through whom God can pour faith and strength into the hearts of others as well. Thank you very much, and God bless you.